Craft Beer Radio presents Savor 2011, a craft beer and food experience. Private Tasting Salon. David Walker of Firestone Walker Brewery discusses three beers from their Pale series and brings along a surprise special beer. Savor is produced and brought to you by the Brewers Association, which is the national uh, nonprofit trade association representing small and independent craft brewers. Uh, among the many activities the association coordinates in addition to Savor are the Great American Beer Festival, annual Craft Brewers Conference, and the publishers of craftbeer.com. Uh, bear with me while I read you the list of uh, sponsors in addition to you all who paid your way in and our uh, generous brewers who are serving beer downstairs. Downstairs, This event is brought to you by Reyes Beverage Company, Brewery Amagang, Dogfish Head Craft Brewery, Sam Adams, craftbeer.com, Allagash Brewing Company, Brooklyn Brewery, Flying Dog Ales, Full Sail Brewing Company, New Belgium Brewing Company, Rogue Ales, Saranac, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, Victory Brewing Company, Crosby and Baker, Draft Magazine, GreatBrewers.com, Oak Beverages, Inc., and Spiegelau. Thank you to all these folks for supporting our event. Uh, finally, all the Saver uh, salons are recorded for podcast listening by craftbeerradio.com. A couple other things. Uh, for those of you who have glasses in your hands, when the session ends, get those glasses in your hands because the workers here are going to be turning the room over very quickly. And if you don't have your glass, it's going to be gone. Okay? So keep the glass in hand. And uh, let's see, what was the other thing I needed to mention? Well, I forgot what the other one is, so let's get on with the presentation. Our speaker here tonight is David Walker, one of the principals of Firestone Walker Brewery in Paso Robles, California. Brewery's been in business 15 years. And uh, David is a native of the UK. He has a particular passion for the pale ale style, and that's what he'll be talking about and, and tasting with us this evening. So without further ado, David Walker of Firestone Walker Brewery. All right. Thanks, Jeff. This man is not what he seems. Um, I was at Seattle Beer Week last week. I didn't tell you this. And I innocently uh, decided to go to a left-hand uh, beer, beer event, which was sort of around about midnight at some bar in the middle of nowhere in Seattle, where I was um, actually quite interestingly greeted by half-naked ladies um, all offering, to, all offering to give me a free tattoo of Left Hand Brewing Company um, anywhere, anywhere I wished. Um, uh, I cannot tell you how many men signed up for tattoos. I mean, there are there's some perfectly innocent blokes walking around Seattle with Left Hand Brewing Company tattoos on their right buttock. Um, anyway, that's his, that, that's, <laughs> that's his fault. Um, all right, so... Well, you know, when they asked me to come do this, I thought, well, what am I going to talk about? Um, and um, what I decided to do is, is do the inverse of what I normally do on the West Coast. And um, on the West Coast, our session beers, the beer that you're drinking right now is the beer that actually keeps the lights on in our brewery, are available everywhere. Um, and we sort of have a rule. We don't like shipping them outside of a day's drive away from the brewery. We sell 90% of our beer within 110 miles of our brewery. Um, and... 
I usually end up talking about our high-gravity beers, our anniversaries, our Russian Imperial Stouts, our barley wines, um, our double Imperial IPAs, and so forth. And um, because the East Coast, you can actually get those beers. Those beers are strong enough to make the journey. We ship them out. We make a very small amount. We have probably about 3 4% of our production is those high-end beers. Those beers this year we made available on the East Coast. So you guys have been picking them up and drinking them. Um, and... So you probably know all about them. So what I'm going to do today is I'm actually going to take you through the beers you can't really get here, which are the session beers, and explain what they do for the brewery, why we chose them, why they're important to us, and uh, explain the strategy that makes up our brewery. Um, Okay, all right. I, 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 sorry. If, if, I can, if I can interrupt for one second, Dave. Yes. For those of you who want to ask questions, feel free to do so at any time, but raise your hand so I can get you this too. All right. So, okay. Here we go. Donny Osmond. Um, all right. So, we focus on pale ales. That's, our, that's what we set out to do. The very first beer uh, that my partner and I made when we started the brewery was a British pale ale. And um, for obvious reasons, I'm a Brit. I love British pale ales. I particularly liked Marston's Pedigree on tap, which is a beautiful uh, Burton pale. Um, and so we set out to recreate that style of beer. So what you've got in your hand here, could I grab one? Um, oh, that's right. I've been itching to drink this. Um, so what you've got in your hand here, this is what keeps the lights on our brewery. I mean, it's a British pale ale. It's very mild. It's, it's mild like all British pale ales should be. We're using these British, what we call these noble British hops that you can hardly pick up. Um, you know, the American palate has been trained now to search for hops. Um, th this is hoppy to a Brit. Um, and uh, this, was, this was developed by the British brewers. For those of you who don't know, this, is, this beer, this very beer, as it stands, was developed by the British brewers to counteract the beautiful lagers coming in from Germany 200 years ago. British brewers were having their hat handed to them because they were making thick porters, Nobody wanted them next to these beautiful lagers. So they, they basically came up with the pale ale. Beautiful, clear, easy-drinking um, beer. And um, we set out to make that beer. Um, we did a couple of things. Obviously, we basically mim mimicked the pale ales of Burton. So we, obviously, we Burtonize our water. Our water reflects Burton-upon-Trent. We use, uh, you know, our malts are all very classically British malts. Um, we're using a London ale yeast with this beer. And most importantly, we do something quite unique, which the British pale ale brewers did 200 years ago, is we actually mimic what, what are called the Burton Unions. Burton Unions are, a, are a, and if I'm boring you guys, just throw your hand up and tell me, because you got me on my subject here. Burton Unions are, um, they're actually uh, a way of linking oak barrels to ferment the beer. And we actually are the only brewery uh, in the US who actually takes beer and puts it through primary fermentation, not aging, Primary fermentation in oak barrels. Um, so this beer is, is, is hand-filled into oak barrels um, and hand-transferred back into larger tanks where, where it goes back into um, we, what we call our double-barrel process. Um, so this beer is as close to a British pale ale that you'll find. It, it, and frankly, if you went to Burton-upon-Trent and you went to the Marston's Brewery and you drank beer on tap, this would be pretty close to it. It's great with food, obviously. Um, and it's 60% 60, 60 of what we, what we do. Um, next one, please. 
Yeah, any questions? Yes, you Marie. say primary fer fermentation is in oak barrels. How do you control bacteria or nasty things getting into those oak barrels? That's a good barrels? question. Uh, we have a, a disproportionately large lab, um, which helps. Uh, we put about 3,000 man hours into taking swabs from each, each, basically each barrel. We buy clean, mid-toast American oak. Um, the oak lasts for about um, 80 generations, um, 80 fermentations. So it lasts for about um, three quarters of a year in the end. Um, but basically, the, um, essentially, we take from each fermentation, which is about five days, um, a swab, and we basically track that sample right through to packaging. Um, all the barrels are clean. They're clean with hot water, no caustic, um, and then they're ready to go. So we watch them very carefully is the answer to your question. So. Correct. And then we're, then we're testing it all the way. I mean, this beer is way too fragile to, yeah, to, to actually uh, endure anything, um, anything weird in that. All right. So now we move on to... Yes, please. Um, so empty your glasses or fill, fill, fill your glasses. So, so this, was the, this was the beginning of the journey. This is the British Pale Ale. And you can calibrate your palate with this style of beer. So now we move to the California Pale Ale. So, yeah. This is, this is our Pale 31. And this, um, I think this style of beer is the beer that actually kicked off the beer revolution in this country. I mean, not this very beer, but this style of beer. Um, and it, this, this beer is, um, if, you've got, if, you've, if you've got friends in Germany or Britain or Belgium, Take a six-pack of a California Pale Ale, and they'll love you for it. Because these beers you just don't find—you um, don't find outside of America. And thank you. And so this basically is is the California variation on the beer you just had, the British Pale Ale. Um, I think this is probably the most important contribution that American brewers have made to brewing. Is this this style of beer? I mean, the American Pilsner, without question, is selling a lot of volume. Um, and is probably a pretty good contribution from a technical study. But in terms of a palate, and um, this, I think, is, is, is just, a, is just is a phenomenally good thing and, and all goes down to the, um, you know, the early craft brewers uh, 25, 30 years ago. Um, yes? Sorry? Absolutely. The hops that go into this beer all come out of the Pacific... Yes? I'm just going to ask, uh, how, how does it differ from the English parallel? Okay. All right, first, the base malt's the same, the yeast's the same. Um, some of the special, specialty malts are a little different. You see the color is slightly, sl slightly less amber. I mean, and that's, that's merely a color thing. It doesn't make that much difference to the body. Um, you're losing a little tiny bit of that biscuit flavor. But where this beer comes alive is in the hops. We're using these huge beautiful floral hops out of the Pacific Northwest, Chinook, Centennial, Cascade, and you pick up that sort of marmalade, citrusy flavor, um, and that's the hallmark of a California pale ale, of what I call a West Coast pale ale. Um, we've, um, as a brewery, we've been lucky enough to win the World Beer Cup three times um, uh, as mid-sized, best mid-sized brewer in the world. Only one brewery's ever done it once. Actually, sorry, no brewery's ever done it more than once other than us. We did it three times. And frankly, it was because of this beer. This beer, this beer wins gold medals all the time. It's, 
it's, it's right on class. Um, you know, winning gold medals, frankly, is all about making a beer to the recipe. And um, this, this, is, this is right on message on what a California pale ale should be. Um, and this is the one that gets all the attention. But, you, you, but this is notable by that sort of clear hop note. It's almost like a bell ringing in your ear. It's not too much, um, but you can't miss it. Um, and that's, that's the California pale ale. Any questions on this one? Salut. All right, so when we, um, when we, yes. So do you have any idea how the, how the English like this kind of brew? I mean, they love it. I mean, literally, it's like, it's like taking jeans to Moscow in the 70s. Um, it's, it's, it's a, you know, people, I mean, pe people love this in Britain. I mean, they, they, um, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's, you can find, I mean, there's breweries in, in Britain that make it, but. Small brewers in Britain are really just, it's tough for them to, to, to get ahead. Um, you don't have the same sort of craft beer movement that you have over here. So um, it's, these beers are hard to find. Um, you can actually find Ken Grossman's beer in Britain just about everywhere, um, Sierra Nevada, which actually holds up pretty well. It's bottle conditioned and is a pretty, obviously, it's, it's pretty well much a classic in this style. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it goes well in, in England. All right, so we've got a British pale ale. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Process-wise, the uh, uh, California Pale Ale, is that all done in stainless, or do you do any of that in the This is 100% stainless. Good question. All stainless. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the DBA, which is a British Pale Ale, goes through the union, just like the, just like the Burton unions. Um, this does not. So, yes. Curious about the proportion of the hops. The, the proportion? That is, you use more than one hop in this. Yeah. You, we, we, I mean, if, uh, the, way to, the way to look at... Um, proportional hops is it's about we're using about a one and a quarter pounds of hops per barrel and those those are pelletized hops a barrel is 31 gallons yes right that's a good question um, it really depends on you know we're adding them at different stages so we add a smaller amount at the dry hopping stage then we're adding some at the bittering stage and then we add some at the boil um, and it's, it's a, um, the dry hopping stage, obviously we're adding uh, uh, probably about 20% of that total at that stage. All right, so now we've moved. Really quick question. Yeah. Do you sell the pale ale outside of California? No, we don't. I mean, it sneaks out on the black market and it shows up in places. Right, right. All right, okay, so now we've, you've done your California pale ale. We're on to an India pale ale. Okay, once again, this is another pale ale. It's, it's the same animal. It's just a different version of that animal. Um, India pale ale is a little bit more alcoholic. It's seven, this, our India pale ale is 7.5% alcohol by, alcohol by volume, and it's a lot more hops. The 72 IBUs that go into this beer. Um, yeah, absolutely. So this, is a, this, is a, this is a big beer. It's not our biggest but this is a big beer, and all IPAs are big beers. They should be. Um, a beer that's 72 IBUs, that has that, I mean, this has four pounds of hops per barrel, just to give you some dimension against the pale. Um, in order for that beer to stay balanced, we really have to uh, create a huge malt bill, something that has really broad shoulders to actually deal with these hops. Um, and in the case of the, uh, the, uh, the Union Jack, we've done that. Um, about 2,400 pounds of malt go into this beer versus 1,500 pounds that would go into 
a normal DBA or a, or a Pale 31. Um, and with this, uh, you can really taste, there's a huge difference. Obviously, you can pick up the thickness of the, the alcohol a little bit more, so a little bit more balance. Um, and it's just, this is, this is also just a, just a handsome beer. I mean, it's... <laughs> So I've been drinking para I've been drinking my Russian Imperial Stout all night. Um, so this 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 actually is is good. Um, all right. So three pale ales. Um, those are our session beers. Um, they they're all they're all pretty well received. This one won gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival two years in a row um, as um, as American pale ale, well sought after. Um, and it's sort of interesting. This beer. This beer we, we're actually allowing into the market on the East Coast in some areas um, because it's 7.5% it's alcohol by volume and actually can, can hold the drive a little better. So, yeah. Yes? What category did you say that won the American, American Pale Ale. American Pale Ale? Yeah. Now, why the different category classification versus India Pale Ale? Um, American Pale Ale is a particularly strong. It's okay. 7.5% alcohol by volume. A, just a normal run-of-the-mill India Pale Ale. Sort of interesting. The categories keep moving this way. I mean, this is a, this, this would have, five years ago, this would have almost been an imperial IPA. Um, but, uh, and a, yeah, and now it's a regular IPA. Um, it's a, it's, it's a strong IPA, but it's a regular IPA. Um, so, sorry? What, the double imperial IPA? Yeah, we have a double imperial IPA. I mean, this is, I mean, this is, not, this is, this is an American IPA, which is a strong IPA, but um, because the palate... Uh, no, a regular IPA is around about 6% um, alcohol by volume. So, um, Yeah, um, you know, this goes really well with, obviously, spicy food. Um, hoppy beers are sort of a challenge with food, and... Um, the, and you just can't get away from it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I like pairing them with, 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 with spicy food. I mean, I'm a, you know, I like a good multi-beard with, you know, with most everything. Could we try the double jack now here for a second? You guys have probably all tried the double jack downstairs. Yeah, okay. Well, it's, it's, I've got a very small amount. If you just go around and just pour, like, we've only got two bottles, just like a, an ounce for everybody. I've got a question. Yes. So you've talked a lot about the hops. What are the malts that you are, have been using? Are they all pretty much the same for each beer? Ooh. Yeah, you know, our, we're using a, our malt bills are pretty well much classic sort of pale malt bills. Um, the, the actually, what's sort of interesting with these three beers? If you take a Union Jack and Pale Thirty One and Double Jack, they're essentially the same. They are the same beers, just different levels of runoff. Um, and so they're almost like Russian dolls that fold into each other. Um, but, you know, it, sort of Crystal Munich, we're using some floor malts, obviously a little bit, a little bit of chocolate in the... Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know. A British IPA is sort of an oxymoron as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's sort of... It's, you know, it's, it's not, it's an, it, there's not a, British IPAs really don't measure up as far as, they're, they're basically light pale ales in, in, Cali in, in, uh, in American standards. You know, the best, the best beer 
the best beer in the world is being made in America now. The best beer consumers are in America. Um, Europe is, Europe's really struggling, really struggling to manage their palate. I'll tell you a really interesting story. Um, we were approached by a very large brewer, German brewer, a um, couple of billion dollar revenue, been around for a couple of hundred years. And they came up to us and they said, look, the German beer business is in the tank. We were having real problems selling beer and making profit because the consumer is driving the price of beer down. They're not interested in beer. They're just interested in quantity. They've lost the concept of flavor. And so they went, these guys sent some consultants out around the world. And, they, and these consultants went back to head office and said, listen, you need to go look at the craft beer movement in America. So they toddled over to America and sort of took a look at it. And they decided what they would do is they'd pick 10 beers from around the world as a brewery, um, one, one of which was us. Um, uh, and they would take those beers back to Germany and basically go, they went into all the equivalent of Whole Foods. They put one of their sales guys in a, in a, in a tunic next to a fridge full of beer called Craft Beer. And they literally hand-sold it out of this fridge like champagne. They took the, they actually, the beer they took from us was Pale 31. They sell it for, for like seven, eight euros, 10 bucks. Um, and they hand sell it by the bottle to the consumer. And what they're doing, um, and they're investing hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars into this process. They've got guys all over the country hand selling this stuff like, like fresh cheese. Um, because what they want to try and do is inspire their consumers again to get people fired up by the fact that beer doesn't have to be just sort of this sort of generic fizzy stuff. Um, and um, so in answer to your question, they came to America and found the passion for beer in America, and they're trying to drag it back to Germany, um, which I'm sure they'll do. Um, but um, I don't know, I sort of got off on a, on a tangent there. Yeah, they are. I mean, Italy is, Italy, Brazil. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they are. Norway. Um, you know, but the, 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 home of, the home of the great breweries, Germany, uh, in, yeah, Britain, um, and uh, Belgium, are all, it's, it's a pretty sad affair. It really is a sad affair. All right, so we've moved on to the double imperial IPA. You guys have all got that? You know the genius about this beer? The genius about this beer is actually smoother than Union Jack, which is its baby brother. I mean, it's, this is 100 IBUs. I mean, it might be more. It's just hard. You can't measure it past that point. Um, it's 9.5% alcohol by volume. So it's, it's just a huge beer, but it's basically concentrated version of Union Jack. All right, so let's, um, let's move on to the Solace. And I'll give you a little, we'll give you an idea of a beer you'll never find out here that we sell actually quite well in, uh, on the West Coast. Any question about our pale ales? So that was it on our pale ales. So when you, when you, when you think about our brewery, you need, we're a pale ale brewer. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, that's, that's what we bring to the world of, of brewing, is we've, we're focused on, on brewing sort of wild and weird and wonderful pale ales. Okay, don't drink this beer until you've all got it, and then we'll talk about it. You like the double jack? Well, thank you. And... Yeah, I mean, we take, we take our pale ales very ser seriously. We take hops very seriously. Um, we, take that whole, we take that whole style of beer 
and we make it our own. I mean, we, we don't have any lagers in the building. Um, you know, we, we try not to get off on tangents. We're focused on pale ales, and 90% of what we do, 98% of what we do is pale ales. Um, and if you, if you show up at a beer competition and we're there, just, just check the medals when the pale ales show up, okay? Um, because we, we win them. Um, okay. No, you know, there isn't. That's a good question. But this time of year, we're brewing like banshees. Um, there's a season when people drink beer. But, uh, and so obviously we're making it to that season. But it's, it's the season we're in right now. It's, it's spring, summertime, yabba dabba do, let's have a six pack. And sorry. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> I see. No, uh, well, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, if we could, obviously, fresh hops, I mean, you, we can try and build a beer around seasonal harvest hops, and some brewers do it, and um, Sierra Nevada does it. I, I don't think it makes a huge difference, so, yeah. Okay, this is our solace. All right, so here I'm telling you we make pale ales. Okay, what we, we decided one day to make a summer beer, okay? And so what we came up with is this beer, and this beer doesn't fall into any categories. It's sort of a Belgo-Bavarian um, uh, Hefeweizen. Um, it's an un unfiltered wheat beer, 6% alcohol by volume. You should, when you smell it, and you should pick up sort of tangerines and um, really sort of deep, fruity flavors. Um, this, this goes through a, a sort of a mixed mashing process that kicks off uh, um, sort of a, what we call the ferulic factor, which gives you that sort, of, that sort of tangerine flavor. It's not added. It comes right out of the fermentation. Um, and this is our summer beer. Um, it's a, obviously it sells really well locally and it's a sort of a mark of summertime. We only make it for six months and then we stop making it. Um, but, um, this is our solace. You won't get it here. Very unlikely you'll ever find it here. Um, and, uh, it's a, you know, it's, it, it's a beer. Sorry? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a lot more than Hefeweizen. Um, there's about a 15% Hefeweizen. The, others are, the other is, Belgi is a Belgian farmhouse ales. You've got two yeasts in that. You've got a French hop. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very, very specific style of beer. Yeah, last one. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't. No, the question is, why? Why did you all do this? That's a good question. Why? Um, I don't know, actually. Um, <laughs> maybe we just got a little bored. We got a little bored. Um, it's, uh, it's another yeast that we have to manage, and we don't want to do that. In fact, it's another two yeasts we, we manage. But um, it's sort of interesting. People like it. And um, it's a, um, this is what Blue Moon should taste like. Um, uh, sorry. I hope there's no one here from, hope there's no one here from Miller. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this is a, um, I mean, not that I'm, Blue Moon's a great beer. Um, but this is, this is what they, they probably set out to make. But, yeah. So, I'm sorry, are, are the two yeasts, one a Belgian and one a Hefeweizen? A Bavarian Hefeweizen, yeah. Okay. It's a blend. We blend. We are brewers that blend. So, you brew two separate beers and blend? Yep. You brew two separate batches and blend it? We then? do. 
We are, oh, so um, you're not mixing yeast, you're mixing beers. We're mixing beers, yeah. And um, that's what makes us, uh, you know, we're in wine country. We've been blending beer. I mean, the beer you're about to try right now, I mean, you, you probably all tried it downstairs. Uh, just a small amount of that because I've only got one bottle. Um, th- this, is, uh, this is our Russian imperial stout. This is Parabola. This has been um, barrel fermented, uh, barrel aged in Pappy Van Winkle bourbon barrels for two years. Um, it's a b- b- bourbon barrels. Uh, it's a big, big beer. Um, and this is part of our blending program. We have about a thousand bourbon barrels in house. Um, and we make um, seven or eight different, depending on the time of year, seven or eight different beers. Parabola is one of them. Abacus, Sticky Monkey, Goodfoot, Eldorado, Big John, Velvet Merkin, um, Double Double Barrel Ale. All of these beers fold into our barrel program. We've got about a thousand of these barrels. And then what we do in September of each year is we get in a room with a bunch of our favorite winemakers and we blend them together. And that blend creates our anniversary beer. Um, and you've, some of you have had the anniversary beer. It was the 14 this year. Um, and obviously we're going to be blending the 15 here come September, October time. Um, but this is the last sort of um, segment of what we do as a brewery. It's a very small piece, but it's a lot of fun, and um, it's it's our sort of it's our aging program. Um, so that's it in terms of our beers. In terms of who we are, um, you know, we are a um, we're about a hundred thousand barrel brewery. We sell most of our beer very close to our brewery, so that's the way it should be. Um, we are a and we're a classic sort of micro micro to craft beer um, story. And um, we, we are one of 2,000 craft brewers in this country that are kicking ass and taking names. So, Any other questions or comments for yeah. David? Hang on one second. Yes, yes. I'm not drinking. I'm running. I just have to say that 14th anniversary, which I had a few months ago, was one of the best beers I've ever had. On a scale of 1 to 10, it was an 11. And I don't know, you know, I wish I lived in California. You happened to send it to friends of mine who are beer writers, so I got to taste it with them, and we, all, and we, we wrote back to you guys immediately saying this was one of the most incredible beers we've ever had. So well, we, we make uh, about 3,000 cases of that a year, and we ship half of it to the east now. So you will... Yeah, you'll I'll give you. I'll give you my address. <laughs> exactly. You can lay it down for two, three, four years. It really years. was incredible. Yeah. Um, if you get an opportunity, I mean, you're buying it in the store. It's it's a reasonable price. Um, as we, it, we I don't care. I don't care about the price. Yeah, okay. The beer was incredible. Good. It was one of the most incredibly balanced beers, and it's it's sort of a. It's um, just memorable. I mean, it's just. Like downstairs, downstairs you have uh, Alaskan Smoke Porter. I mean, there is one of the most incredible beers. Right. You should go down there and have it. But you guys made the 14th anniversary, and I thought that was one of the most incredible beers I've ever had. Thank you. Well, that mission accomplished. So. Yeah. Yes. Through. Sorry. 
Uh, it's a good question. Um, it's, it, it's, uh, it's one use, so we're done with the barrels that go. Um, we, you know, we're buying, I mean, the Pappy Van Winkle barrels that we got this year were 22 years old. Um, so um, we like to get, it depends on the blend, but it's somewhere between two and three years. So, um, and then, you know, we... But um, this is, um, this has got some nine-month um, and some two-year parabola in it. We actually, sort of interesting, each barrel that we have, we actually taste, taste the barrel um, and it has a profile before it actually enters any of the blending programs. So. Nobody else has anything to ask of David? All right. Excellent. These were excellent pale ales. Thank you very much. And let's give David a round of applause. We still have a fair amount of time, so if you all want to mingle with David, I, I believe David will be happy to stick around. I believe we also have, uh, is, there, is there pale ale left to pour? So if you all want some more pale ales, there's still some pale ale left. So, Please hang on to your glasses. Please hang on to your glasses. Yes. I'm not drinking, I'm running. <laughs> I've, I've had a number of these uh, beers that have been in bourbon barrels. And one of the frustrations is sometimes it's the beer has turned into bourbon. Are they leaving it in too long? What's going on there? No, you know, it's like anything. Um, it's, all about, um, it's all about balance and, and taste. Um, I mean, I mean I, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean... The, the, um, we, work, we work really hard to suppress bourbon in, in some of these blends. In our 14, we made a, a big um, uh, attempt to do that. Uh, we made double-double barrel ale, which isn't fermented. It isn't aged in bourbon barrels. It's aged in, in clean white oak. Um, but, you're, I mean, you're right. And, um, you know, it's a little bit like saying, I'm going to add hops to my beer. And... Um, and, and my beer will be balanced. It won't. I mean, just because you have identified an ingredient, if it's not in tune, it's going to taste, taste like hell. So. But you're right. I mean, it, I'm bourboned out. I mean, with a lot of these beers. So, let's make sure, let's make sure we give David a good round of applause before we uh, break down and gather around. Thank you all very much. Yes. I just wanted to say I wasn't familiar with your brewery before tonight, but I haven't had an ale that I didn't like. This is really a new discovery for me. I'm really very interested in learning more about your brews. Thanks. Come see it. Do you have to get out to California? David, do you, do, you, do from this point do you desire to grow, and where will that growth be as far as style? Yeah, actually, that's a really good question. Um, where do we grow as a as a as a brewery? Um, 
you know, we, we've just completed our expansion that will enable us to go to probably three times our size. But, um, you know, we, we're, we're very much focused on our region, like a lot of breweries. And, um, you know, our region includes Los Angeles. Now, Los Angeles is a, it, it's, it's, it's a wasteland. It's a wasteland for, no, for beer. I mean, no, hang on a second. I didn't say it was a wasteland. I said it was a wasteland for beer. And, it's, and that's, my, that's my fault. Let's quiet down a little bit so David can uh, talk. You're right. Uh, and that's my fault. I mean, but you've got 14, 15 million people down there. The minute they wake up to craft beer, look out. There'll be a giant sucking sound in breweries like mine. So, um, you know, my sense is we will grow to that region. But we don't have any, you know, it's sort of interesting. Uh, Sierra Nevada will, will max out their plant here in the next two, three years. They're building a brewery in Tennessee. Um, or at least that's the rumor. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm just, listen, I'm just, I'm just watching from the bleachers. I, I, have, no, uh, I have no inside information. But the, that's what will happen to a lot of breweries. In order to manage their markets, they will actually have to, you know, it makes no sense for me to make a beer in California, stick it on a cold truck, drive it 3,000 miles, costs about $3 a case to do that. And then, or actually, it ends up being about $3 a six-pack to the, to the consumer. And then give you a beer that's older, more expensive, and not as good. I mean, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you cultivate your brewers on the East Coast? Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just, just put it in perspective. Um, if you were to take all of the craft beer sold on the West Coast, Anheuser-Busch discontinued brands two years ago that outsold that whole volume. So, you know, just to give you an idea of how small we still are as a entity. So, so there's, there's, there's a bright future for us, um, and there's a bright future for us within, within a day's drive of our brewery. So. so, while I agree there's a bright future, there's, there's lots of... I mean, no one can argue with what craft beer has done in the last five or ten years, but... How much of the mainstream Bud Light crowd can we convert? Uh, you know, you say that. Straight, I mean, I was, like I said, I was in Belgium two weeks ago, and Hoopla, Hoopla which is, is a similar sort of mass market beer, is, is growing. It's growing like wildfire. And breweries like Rodenbach, um, just, you know, um, just uh, precious. Um, breweries in, in, you know, in, the, in, in, in Belgium are, are finding it difficult to be relevant. So, I don't know. I mean, 90% of the beer... In, well, put it this way. 90% of the beer in this country is brewed... That's, that's brewed in this country is brewed by two brewers, ABI and SAB. And it's pretty much the same beer. Um, those, those brewers, I, I think, can afford to probably only own 70% of the market. I mean, just think about it. What are the... If you, go, if you go from 10 to 30, you're going to be sick of craft brewers. I mean... <laughs> we, we have a... As, an, as a segment, we have a stated goal of 10%. Right. We're at 5% now. Yeah. So we're talking about... We're at roughly 5%. It depends on where you are. Right. In terms of the whole country, yes. I mean, there's whole chunks of the country that are... I mean, Seattle's 30%, LA's 5%. Um, just, just to give you a, a sort of a... a uh, so, you know, we, we had to, to achieve that goal, we have to double, as a group, we have to double what we're doing now. 
And we believe we can do that. We believe the market is there. But what's interesting, when I started my brewery, there were less than 500 brewers, including the big brewers in the country. Um, there are now 1,800 legitimate brewers in the country, and there's 600 alone in development this year. 600. I mean, it's extraordinary. There's more in development this year than there was when I showed up. And so, I mean, there's a, something's happening. No, it's never too late. Absolutely no, never too late. I mean, I, I would, uh, if you want to start a brewery... There's still 95% I mean, of the beer-drinking public that you can attract. Right. And, you know, local beer is still the freshest beer, the best beer, and the easiest beer from, an, from a delivery standpoint. So, so you'll always have... You know, you start a brewery in your kitchen, and you're king of your kitchen, all right? It's that simple. So you can just... Draw the circles from outside your kitchen, and as long as you hold those, you'll be fine. So, yeah. is right outside your kitchen. You know, one would argue that. And the amazing thing about our brewery, and people marvel at it, we, that we sell um, a huge amount of beer in three small towns. Um, outside of our brewery. I'm talking less than 100,000 people. I'm talking everybody, mainly agricultural areas, strawberry fields, wine country. Um, we, we outsell um, some of the major brands. I'm, I'm talking major, major import brands. Um, we have more tap handles than any other beer but one. But one, and you can guess what that one is. It's the number one selling beer in America. But... Um, Below that point, there isn't a brewery out there that has more tap handles than us in restaurants and bars. Um, so we're a huge phenomenon in that area. I mean, you know, New Glarus are a huge phenomenon in Wisconsin. Um, and, you know, there's breweries that are doing it all over the country. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a huge amount of, huge amount of potential for growth. Um, this is probably an off-the-cuff question, but do you pay fees to compete? Do I pay fees to compete? For those tap handles. Um, well, it's illegal. I mean, I yeah. It's, We'd better it, not be doing it. It's illegal that. to buy. It's, this is probably the wrong venue yeah. to bring this up. But. No, it's completely illegal to buy. Um, we, uh, we, we, it, I mean, we pay for it in terms of people. I mean, we can't, we can't buy TV space and we can't build brands that way. And frankly, if we did, people probably would think it would be a bit, bit strange. Um, the way we do it is we go out and talk to people, we talk to guys like you every day, and we've been doing that for 16 years with scores of people from our brewery. That's, that's how we pay because we pay, you know, we're, we're, we're investing our time and energy into that discussion. See, we use, we use passion to market our beer. The big brewers, in my opinion, do not evoke passion. We are able to infect you with our passion. And, and Jeff actually does it with half-naked ladies and tattoos. So, <laughs> Great discovery. <laughs> Anything else? Otherwise, we can uh, break up and continue to enjoy. Thank you very much for coming. And let's give a big hand to David yet again. This podcast was produced by the Brewers Association and presented by Craft Beer Radio. To find more information on Savor or further podcasts, 
visit craftbeerradio.com slash savor or craftbeer.com. This content is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information.